Welcome to the Woman Warriors Podcast, where we're working to help you call a truce with your anxiety. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, here's your host, Elizabeth Cush, LCPC. Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thanks once again for tuning in this week. If you're interested in seeing more about Woman Warriors, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Woman Warriors. Today, our guest is Charlotte Heiler Easley, who is a licensed clinical social worker in private practice in Lexington, Kentucky. Her passion is working with women, especially women of the church, who are struggling with knowing their worth, healing from relationship trauma, and identifying their unique place and beauty in this broken world. She helps women find their voice, their passion, and their purpose through an eclectic practice, including experiential therapies such as EMDR, brain spotting, and equine-assisted psychotherapy and learning. She is a certified EAGALA practitioner, a PATH equine specialist in mental health and learning, and a certified EAEMDR practitioner, equine-assisted EMDR. Charlotte's workshop, retreats, and equine work is featured through her account on Instagram, A Woman's Life Equine. Her horsework is done in relational groups that focus on partnership with the horse and the herd, teaching leadership, relationship skills, and personal growth. She is a past recipient of the Innovated Programming Award by the Kentucky Association of Sexual Assault Programming for her work in developing EAST, E-A-S-T-T, an equine-assisted program for survivors of sexual trauma. She describes herself as a Christian Southern feminist, a wife, a mom, a sister, a daughter, an aunt, and a granddaughter. With offices located at the Kentucky Horse Park and in Versailles, Kentucky, you can find her at charlotteasley.com or at Woman's Equine Life on Instagram. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Charlotte about equine-assisted therapy. Hi, Charlotte, and welcome to the podcast. Well, I'm tickled to be here um, talking (laughs) about this fun stuff, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So before we get started, if you could just tell the audience a little bit about you and how you got into this work with with horses and therapy. Okay, so I was um, a stay-at-home mom. It's not a real exciting story, but it's it's a good story. Yeah. I was a stay-at-home mom, and when our children graduated, um, I just knew there was something else for me to do with my life, and um, I've always loved working with women. Um, I have been with women's groups. I've led all kinds of 
groups and mentored people. And I just um, really didn't know if that was part of my future, but um, I ended up back in school and Mm -hmm. it turned out to be the place that was just really fulfilling for me. And I think that women, um, I just appreciate always how beautiful and rich our stories are, but I also believe that we could um, get so lost in other people's stories. (laughs) So true. Now we weren't making room for our own. So, and, you know, just all that stuff about expectation and what, you know, what is people want from us and what we, we forget even what it is we need, not, not even what we want. We have a hard time getting to that. Yeah. So, you know, when I grew up in the South, I was a good girl and, Mm. um, (laughs) you know, we had all those unspoken rules about don't get angry, don't take care of others first, you know, all those good little gender roles. And, (laughs) you know, if you were assertive, you're sort of were talked about as um, something, you know, that word that starts with a B. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and I think the, the hardest thing for me in all of this, as I was going back to school and learning about more about myself and why I was the way I was, I think that story about don't be too emotional kept coming up. Mm. And, and then I thought about, you know, well, that isn't true when I'm in the barn, you know, I'm, I can be, um, whatever I'm feeling is what I feel and it's acceptable there. It may not be with the humans, but it is with the horses because they're they're listening and they're being present with that, not telling me to, not taking away my voice in that, right? Yeah. So as, as I was in school, I, I got to do some wonderful work at a, um, the Ampersand Sexual Violence Resource Center um, as a therapist mm-hmm. and then, um, later as a therapist, but on crisis calls and learned a whole lot about the world that I wasn't really awakened to at that time, right? Yeah. Like I'd lived in such a bubble, Mm. but I knew things were out there, but this was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Right, right. It really hadn't touched you personally, you know, your world personally. Yeah. Yeah. And sort of meeting yourself coming and going to the emergency room at three o'clock in the morning to see. Yeah. And just create that sacred space for them to know they weren't alone. And after that um, experience, I went, my next internship was here at this therapeutic writing center. And they, my program director just basically said, here you go, do what you want, run it by me. I'll give you suggestions. And, and I ran with that. Um, And out of that came the EAST program, the Equine Assisted Survivors of Trauma group, which we've been doing for the last eight years. And, you know, we just, um, it's a powerful group of women. It's sort of that sacred circle again about community when we're all shamed up and we don't feel like we're worthy of community to be able to come in and have community, not only with other survivors, but with horses um, who aren't judging or thinking that we were, it was our fault or all those things that come with sexual trauma. So anyway, and 
I went into private practice uh, three and a half years ago, and uh, my office is in the barn right now. Wow. I do traditional therapies as well as um, the equine piece. And the equine piece has really evolved more into groups and retreats, which I absolutely love. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, let me just say, I was able to participate in one of your little mini retreats up here in Maryland with Laura Reagan. And it was, uh, it was an awesome experience. I really thoroughly enjoyed being with the horses. Yeah, and um, so I'm going to just share, I just recall at our first circle, and mm-hmm. sort of we had set up the boundaries for the horses to feel, learn to feel safe with us as well as us feel safe for, with the horses. And you were sitting on the end, as I recall, uh, right next to the horses and got a visit. On I, I did, I did. It was like we we're all sharing and all of a sudden here is, I think his name was Clyde, came right up next to me and nuzzled me. And uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. So they have that ability to support us even before we know we need support, right? (laughs) Right, absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about why that is. Why? How come horses can be so effective you know what is it about the horses that makes this process so well they're just um you know there's people say oh it's like um we talk about dogs therapy dogs which i also Um, we talk about horses and they're so very different because dogs are working out of a pack behavior and horses are working out of a herd behavior. Mm. So horses are, have to be totally attuned to their environment in order for them to be safe. And that's just how they've evolved from the beginning of time is um, that they must tell the difference between something that is stalking them versus something that is coming into their environment just to be in their environment and leave. So they um, have developed these finely attuned senses to what's going on with the other horses in their herd. If one horse here fears, it looks up and sees something, then if he tenses, then they're all going to go, oh, someone's tense and we need to be aware. And they're all going to orient toward that until they decide if it's safe or not. But unlike humans, um, they will, assess, and then go back to doing whatever they've been doing, whether that's eating, playing, or sleeping. (laughs) They will go right back and continue just with their lives. They're so present in the moment. But there's, uh, and for humans, what do we do? Especially, you know, we just want to hang on to that. Well, I thought it was something that was going to bother me, but it didn't come near so I know I was safe, but why do I still feel so upset? How dare they come into my environment, you know? And we want to ruminate on that episode instead of being like the horses and letting it go. Yeah. Which is one of the most wonderful things that they can teach us. Mm -hmm. Also, the horses um, aren't, you know, they don't have the ability to plan in the future. And they're not really... um, 
ruminating over the past. So there's just this wonderful sense of being in the moment with them. Yeah. And they understand what it what it takes to just communicate to, to us by simply just walking in. If we walk in, first of all, they can invite us into the herd. We are so as um, let me back up just a second. So um, one of the things I think that really is important for us, and especially for, you know, certainly in my life, I am appropriate for this um, podcast, right? <laughs> As a woman, <laughs> warrior. There and you go. When I lose my intentionality and I get caught in my head and I'm overthinking all these things, right? Yeah. I can walk into the barn and when I walk into the barn to get a horse or into a paddock to get a horse, if I am feeling this incongruence, they are very aware of that. Mm. And some horses will be very curious about why I am all up in my head and not present, looking forward to coming out and being in a relationship with him, mm -hmm. especially when they know me. Or they will be of the other kind where they're just going to stand off and they're going to be like, I don't think you're safe because I don't think you know you're safe. Yeah, yeah. Well, that attunement was the thing that I feel like just struck me there at um, like the horse's attunement to, to the groups, you know, and each individual's like where they were. Because I think there were definitely, and there probably are in your groups, that some of the women were a little less comfortable with being around horses and some were more comfortable. And I think the horses, one, honored that. They weren't pushing those who were uncomfortable to like, come on and play with me. They were just ready to just be there however the, that person needed them to be there. Well, I always tell the people that come that have a lot of horse experience, you have to forget everything you've ever known. Oh, wow. Wow. We're, we're going to be relational here in a way that's probably a little bit different if you're a competitor. Or and, and that's not for all horse people, obviously, but for a lot of them, you know, it's about getting the list checked off or getting the performance better or getting, you know, it's asking things instead of just sitting with things. Mm. And so, the, you know, I think the powerful thing is the horses just allow whatever emotional expression we are aware of or unaware of. And they just ask us to uh, respond to the relationship as in what's going on for me mm -hmm. and what's going on for you. If you're not approaching me, what could be the reason? If I walk up to you and you walk away, I'm, instead of judging myself harshly about oh, well, he doesn't like me. Obviously, nobody likes me. I think I'll eat green worms and die. <laughs> you know, just that horrible track of thinking that we get on. Yeah. We just like, if we get curious about, wonder why he's going over there, then we can check in with ourselves and say, I wonder if there's something in me that uh, I'm feeling. And what is that feeling? And what about my body and my brain may not be really congruent right now? Mm, yeah. So it really, they kind of help us through their own, uh, either connecting or not, like with us, 
help us tune into what's happening for ourselves. Yes. And I, and, and it, it's never, it's not anything you can script, right? Because I've been in um, group where we have, someone has started sharing and sort of that mask has come off and the, 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 the whole group is starting to feel this authentic connection and someone may start sharing something that's very painful. I've seen horses really push past people, chairs, whatever they need to do to get into this sort of sacred circle to support that one person. And I, so we don't always know why that is. And some horses are more likely to do that than others, but they're in, they won't connect with anyone around them. They're connected with that one person who is needing that support at that period of time. Wow. And, um, and it's a very powerful experience. Mm. You know, most of my clients will come because they've lost their power or they feel like they've lost their voice or their, their ability to believe in themselves because they're going through some kind of change, right? Mm. Some kind mm-hmm. of like Brennan Manning calls it your second journey, you know, when the stuff from the morning no longer fits the afternoon program. We're sort of looking about what do I need to change because things aren't working. So, you know, teach me. So the best teacher is to walk into the paddock for me and my equine professional to step out of your way and let you figure it out for yourself with this herd of horses or one-on-one with a horse because really we have the answers in in ourselves now sometimes there's skill building that needs to go on with that and of course we're always watching to make sure everybody's safe emotionally and physically but there's so much that happens just in that space where people don't feel judged, where they're able to try things in real time with this, with this animal who is supporting them or challenging them. And, you know, sometimes we hate challenge, but really when that happens, lots of times we are learning something really solid about ourselves. Mm, yeah, so true. Well, it's interesting as you were talking, I was remembering, um, I think we did an exercise. I looked through my little notebook that I had written in the journal you gave us at the, the uh, retreat about a year ago, I guess, or maybe a little bit more. But um, so I was just looking through, sort of refreshing my memory about what that was like. And I remember we did an exercise where we talked about when we knew, you know, when we were sort of in tune and feeling whole and safe and when we weren't. And one of the um, things I had written down for when I knew I wasn't feeling truly connected to myself is when I lost my ability to find humor, to, to laugh, to be happy. And I remember this just connected with me at one point where I'm standing in the, uh, the arena with a horse and Clyde was there and he walked up to me and just like nudged me with his, like, come on where's the humor? Let's get, let's, let's, you know, get out here with me. And that it's uh, funny, but you know, that just, yeah, he, he, as I remember, I think he actually pushed you. He did <laughs> in his head. He like pushed like head to head, like, boom, like, come on. And he showed his teeth a little bit like, <laughs> like, look at me. Yeah. 
kind of that silly horse, you know, that silly yeah. kind of face. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things with, with, with anxiety, right, is that we're always overthinking things. We're yeah. always yeah. trying to, um, yeah, plan and yeah, think it yeah. through. What are going to be the problems that I can solve before I get there? Right, right, right. What am I in control of? And right. shame on them for not letting me control them and oh, all of that. So, yeah. you know, we forget to play. Mm-hmm. And the playing is one of the things that just frees us. Yeah. And we forget to laugh and we forget to just have that whole big belly laugh till you cry, right? <laughs> right. And right. and just enjoying being in the space. Horses do that because they're silly. Lots of times when they're playing, I mean, you're just laughing at look at that goober, you know, just <laughs> look at all of the things that are going on. So we do a lot of mindfulness practice when we're working with the horses about t- taking, um, being just in that moment, noticing what's coming up for me, especially when they're playing. Sometimes that can be rough and that can feel confrontational. Mm-hmm. And so we can sit with that a little bit. What does that mean? Are they being assertive? Are they being confrontational? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it's just about being assertive that they're just moving somebody around to or, or playing, you know, mm-hmm. they're nipping and, and raising up on their back legs. They're, to, they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a great reminder for us to sort of stop thinking about, I wonder when I go in there, what's going to happen mm-hmm. versus, oh, look what they're doing. And then sort of bringing that mindfulness when we open the gate and walk into the arena. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, I think uh, maybe earlier, uh, but I know you said this before because you've talked about it, is that, you know, uh, the horses are like the perfect mindfulness animal. Like they are in the present moment all the time. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They they really have to be. Yeah. And, um, there is such great learning in that. And, you know, we worry so much about what others think about us and what, what we're presenting. And horses don't care if what kind of clothes we have on. Right. They don't care what our bank account is or how many letters we have after our name. All they're really anticipating in when we walk in and invite them to be in relationship with is what we are bringing at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's hard for us because yeah. we're so used to others expecting things from us, from us expecting things of ourselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and two, yeah, the expectation, but the judgment and the, or, you know, and expecting to be judged. Yes. Where that, you know, the horses are just there. Right. With us. And I think relationally, um, horses are just a great learning ground for improving and building relationships. Mm -hmm. Simply, you know, they they don't have a game plan for how this is going to go back to the (laughs) foundation. They aren't trying to overtly control us when, you know, or we're... And they're not going to respond to us trying to control them. We're going to run into, if we're trying to lead them someplace they aren't real sure they want to go, Mm -hmm. 
then there's going to be a little bit of conflict in there that mm -hmm. needs to be resolved about how are you doing this? What's your body language like? And, and isn't it's the same with our human relationships, right? If I'm trying to get you to go to someplace that you're not real interested in, because you have another plan, then I don't just come up to you and say, well, I don't care. You're going with me. Right. right. <laughs> that doesn't always get the response. With <laughs> no. Um, but if we go and we say, this is really important to me, and your body language, you can just feel it soften. Mm, right? Yeah. And then as it softens, you're more in relationship with this other person. They're beginning to feel that you have a need and you've made an ask of them. Mm -hmm. And then they get to negotiate their response with you. And horses, it's the same way. And it's a real-time practice field. Yeah. Tuning into yourself and what you're bringing to whatever this is. You know, yes, when I, if I want to be in relationship to you, where, how am I in relationship to myself, too? Well, it is. And um, I don't, I think we can all, you know, we talk a lot in the horse work about the different body languages between, say, fear and awe, right? Mm, yeah. Just we practice feeling what constricted feels like mm -hmm. and what are the emotions, given those emotions names mm -hmm. so that we can recognize them for ourselves and move them sort of out of that felt sense into a place where we can be intentional about them and be curious about them. And then we practice awe. Like the other night when we were turning out after our East group, there was just the sunset that was just unbelievable. And I was so thankful that the women actually, we stopped the horses and we said just look then mm. how do you feel as opposed to when you walked in today where are you feeling that and and can you describe it does it have words with it as long as we're being that curious and looking and trying to seek out what it is that we're feeling and what's going on in the moment mm -hmm. then there's all that self-judgment those expectations, all of those sort of fade into the background. Yeah. And that sense of awe can just really oh, just fill you up. Oh, it does. It's, it is. And, and I think that's what most people would say. It's an opening and filling experience. Yeah. So, Very and, cool. It is. It, 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 they have an awful, there's an awful lot that we can learn from them. Mm. And, um, just the environment, I think, sometimes is too. Because, you know, when we were at the retreat in Maryland, just walking onto the farm, yeah. you know, being under that beautiful big willow tree that we sat under, you know, we weren't even, we were just in the horse environment. Yeah. And yeah. it has so much going on, but then you can be there and still be focused on what your intention is um, and creating connection with others and with the, the horses. Yeah. So for people who may not really understand the equine assisted therapy, like you don't, you don't need to have experience like riding horses or being a horse person, right? None, none at all. Yeah. Uh, most of the people don't have horse experience. Or what we get a lot of is I used to ride when I was very young. Mm -hmm. uh, 
or I've been on a pony once and it wasn't a good experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, the environment that we as therapists and coaches present Mm -hmm. is, is one that, feel you know we want you to be able to feel safe right because that's the basis of being able to be courageous <laughs> if that's i feel true. like i can step into this unknown place and just practice doing that with someone who feels safe for me to be doing that with then I can try it and I can exercise that muscle of taking chances of doing new things and so we, I work with a partner, mm-hmm. always work with a partner, and um, that person is an equine professional. Right now, got two gals that I work with that I just adore, and our particular group of horses are always worked with. We know what's going on with them, just like we know what's going on with our clients, right? We know when they're, if they need some rest, we know if they need some um, medical treatment they come up they do their they work and then they're ready to meet our groups just like we prepare the people that are coming to us for being in the group and talking a little bit about what the experience is so that we're no one's getting thrown under the bus like walk in and okay now go out there and get a horse you know right 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 you're easing them into what this is going to be like and yeah and familiarizing them with the how it all goes. And so I think for the therapist, it's same, we're creating the same therapeutic relationship that we did in the office. And we're setting up good boundaries. We're talking about the experience. But one of the things that is a little bit different is that the therapist is more Mm -hmm. Um, Mm decentered. The therapist is there to support the work but the biggest work comes between the woman and the horse again in my case women because that's what I work with but it it comes between the the it comes in the relationship that they build yeah and what that looks like for them and what they're taking away so it's very powerful in that way um so that you know I don't I see them an hour a week I create the the space for them. The horse supports them in that space. Very cool. Very, very cool. So if people wanted to know more about equine-assisted therapy, how would they find out more about that? Well, as opposed to when I started doing this, (laughs) fun of information online. And I think that one of the things is always looking just like you would look for your therapist, for people who are certified um, and who really have practiced the work mm. um, so that you are um, in an environment that, and for me and for you, right, that's about being trauma informed. Yes. And I think that is one of the things that makes ours work a little bit uh, my my horsework a little bit different now there's quite a few people who are pursuing trauma-informed certifications and things like that yeah. um, there are certification programs for people um, natural lifemanship is a great one igala is probably the largest mental health um, model that a lot of people are practicing mm-hmm. and um, path international which is professional association 
therapeutic horsemanship. All of these are international organizations and all of them certify for um, either equine professionals or therapists. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of other programs that are out there. The Herd Institute. I love Veronica Lack's work that she does. Um, And some of these people, I, I know Veronica offers retreats. Uh, because I'm not doing certification work, I am offering more retreats and workshops. And, okay. and so those look like horses and yoga. Yeah, um, yeah. Many's mothers and daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're just about getting out here and playing. And I think that's the biggest thing is we just need to take off that heavy cloak mm. of anxiety and caring for others and ignoring our own time um, sometimes and just come play. Yeah. So I saw that you might potentially be having some upcoming retreats. Is there something happening in your world that you'd like the audience to know about? Well, um, if you're local, of course, and, and local being Lexington, Kentucky, you can get online and all of that information is there. My horsework is featured under a woman's life equine. Mm-hmm. And um, we are planning some retreat. We have a self-care retreat coming up for trauma therapists specifically. Wow. It will be about self-care. will be about creating intentionality and goals around the work that we do. And, um, really about making some space just in about the work, right? Yeah. To, to sort of take that time to be creative, to play, and to reflect. The Authentic Self Workshops that we were talking about, we had one here in October that's with the lovely Laura Reagan's um, Daring Way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we um, had a wonderful one here in Kentucky, you came to the one in Maryland. We will, we are talking about that. We don't have anything on the books. It won't be this year. So, but we're hoping to do it. We're getting a lot of calls about that. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, I hope you guys do that again. Attend to. And I think one of the other things that I'm doing is working on a perfectionism. Mm, wow. That would be amazing. Yeah, because a lot of cl- my clients deal with that. So Yes, mine too. Mine too. Yeah, that is definitely a theme through the whole anxiousness, I think, of that, you know, that underlies a lot of ang- anxious behaviors. It's neat yeah. to feel like you have to be doing everything just right. And I think the horses challenge that immediately. Yeah. yeah. They aren't going along with that program. <laughs> so how do people find you you said uh a woman's a woman's equine life but or life yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. a woman's life equine sorry oh um, no 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 and and um at charlotteasley.com awesome yeah. well, Char- charlotte thank you so much it was so fun to talk to you today and um just great for me to reminisce on how wonderful that retreat was as well. Biz, I thank you for allowing me to share because this work is powerful and I know that it changes lives just like any therapy experience, but this, the experiential nature of this really helps, um, helps us realize what it's like 
with being in relationships with ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Ah, thanks again, Charlotte. Okay, bye, Biz. Thanks again for joining us for this week's episode of the Woman Warriors podcast with Charlotte Easley. I just love Charlotte. She is such a good soul and I really enjoyed reminiscing about my experience with the retreat, but also hearing her talk about the work with horses and how powerful and empowering it can be. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I ask that you do. It helps me reach more people, the more subscribers and the more um, authentic, true reviews that I have. So if you feel inspired, please subscribe. Please write an honest review. I would truly appreciate it. If you have ideas or suggestions about the podcast, something that you would like me to talk about that feels relevant to you that I have not talked about yet, please reach out. You can reach out through womanwarriors.com or progressioncounseling.com. Click the contact me link and shoot me an email. Are you looking for other podcasts to check out? Try Unapologetically Sensitive with Patricia Young. In this podcast, Patricia shares how sensitivity weaves itself into your lives. She talks about the richness that it adds and the strengths that sensitive people have because of the sensitivity and some of the challenges it poses as well. If you are a creative, a deep thinker, a deep feeler, a highly sensitive person, an introvert, or identify as INFJ or ENFJ, you may enjoy the in-depth conversations where she talks openly and honestly about how to experience life. I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from This Woman Warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.